Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even the Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys rewatch Sex and the City with you. And just like that, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And we are here today, with a very special guest. Yes. Uh, he is a comedian and podcast host and uh, a fan of uh, The Bachelor and, and, uh, and dating and uh, an expert in many ways, ladies and gentlemen, Jared Freed. Welcome, <laughs> Jared. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Not an expert at all. At all, I'm an expert at talking out of my ass. That's really <laughs> what I'm an expert at. And wow, you're in good company so, then. I mean, I, well, yeah, it's great to be here with the talking out of our ass boys. Um, <laughs> I, that's I, the podcast. That's it. I mean, that's all podcasts, really. Um, yeah, basically. But I, 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 uh, it is so nice to be here. There's so, I mean, the episode we're talking about today is so relatable to everything that I kind of deal in with my uh, comedy and my podcast. So it was very easy for me to watch. I have all these notes in front of me. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm very, I'm like more prepared than I would be for my own podcast. So I'm excited to be here. <laughs> this is well, like no, such a, it's such an interesting thing where people are like, guys watch Sex in the City. And you're like, no, four guys watch Sex in the City and showed up with notes to talk about it on a Friday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> we care more than you think, everyone. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Were you a Sex and the City fan prior to uh, agreeing to come on the podcast? I always thought I'm not. A, I, I, it would be disingenuous to call myself a fan. I, mm-hmm. I, I've definitely like dipped in and out of the show because like for the same reason you guys thought of me as a guest, like I kind of like I always just I love TV just generally, but I love TV that like kind of like deals in dating and relationship stuff. So like. Love is Blind, The Bachelor, like uh, Next on MTV. Like I've been watching the average Joe, Joe Millionaire, uh, Flavor of Love, Rock of Love. Like I've, I've been watching these shows my whole life. And the interesting part is like I've also been single and dating through my 20s and now 30s. And whenever I have like I'm in a relationship, I end up like watching these shows with someone mm. I'm seeing. And I always just have kind of like an int I would call it an interested opinion. I, I think like these shows for guys, a lot of times the easy thing to say is, well, that's stupid. Like, mm-hmm. it, but I think like there's a lot to be like, I've always said it on my podcast, I'm like, watch this. Sh- you watch the bachelor. You're going to have some great bar conversations with yeah. single women. Like you're yeah. just going to have yeah. like, mm-hmm. and if you watch it without like, just tossing it aside as like chick shit or like not for you because there's so many themes here that people want to hear your opinion on because you're kind Mm. of the outsider on a lot of these shows. So like, just like you guys, you're the Bradshaw boys. Like, you you know, like people are listening here for a certain type of angle that maybe them and their friends wouldn't have had. It's just like Mm. perspective. And so I've always had an eye on Sex and the City. Like I like like an e-marathon I'll like dig into, but like I've never like watched it from beginning to end. So I have like a general idea of the characters and how they fit in. But I but I um not a fan, but I I, I, I do like the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when was uh, when did you first get into like The Bachelor or when did you kind of find when did you go from like watching this sort of TV stuff to like starting your podcast and and talking about it 
talking out with, your ass. With like your, yeah, talking, talking out your ass with your ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ass talk start. Um, so I was sick. I so I do stand up every night, and there was like a Monday night where I was just kind of like sick. I've always watched reality TV. Like I've never watched. Mm. I've never watched like the smart TV shows. Like I like <laughs> I tried Breaking Bad for like a minute, and I was like, this is so slow. I can't do this. Like I need. <laughs> I, I like I just like quick, punchy, fun, light stuff. And so I've always watched reality TV. And I think I was living with my younger brother at the time and we had an apartment together and I was sick one night. So I had to like stay home, no shows. And The Bachelor was on and I just started like kind of tweeting about it. And I noticed like the reaction was just so great. And like it was an actual like it was a sporting event, the way it was being watched with an audience. Like you could discuss it and like. It was live. It was happening in the moment. So I started tweeting it. And then I was like, the tweets were like really getting traction. So I started live tweeting every episode, taking night, Monday nights off to do it. And then I was doing this things called, and then Instagram stories became like a thing. Mm. And I was doing this thing called dudes watching rom-coms where I would like yell at the TV during a rom-com. But it started as like me just writing commentary on the screen during a rom-com that like people have seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so then I was like, I combined the two. I was like, I'm going to take the live tweet of The Bachelor, combine it with dudes watching rom-coms. And then it became the live scream because I yelled at the TV. And it's just me kind of like going through the show with you watching at home and people kind of like tune in during the commercials and, mm. you know, tune in after the show. And it's like, you know, it's like water cooler talk. Like, OK, this event happened. What would Jared's opinion be on it or some idiot who's yelling and it's been um, it's fun. It's like my greatest pleasure. Like I like the fact that people watch it like it's crazy, like um, and it's become also a job. So <laughs> it, it's uh, like I'm right now. The Bachelor starts on the 7th. Right now we're taping on the 28th. I'm like gearing up for the season. Like I have to like relax. Like I need to, mm-hmm. you know, some people take baby moons before the baby <laughs> is born. I'm taking a bachelor moon. I'm going to Florida for like a few days to like chill out before I like I have to like dig it. <laughs> As someone who just went on their baby moon, I imagine that there won't be like slow walks, very slow walks on the beach and avoiding shellfish like mine. So. <laughs> well, mine will be just staring off into the ocean, just whispering Katie. Just what will she do? Will she find love? Will Katie find love? Well, I do a preview before every season too. Again, this has become a job. I've been, um, so the bachelor I've been doing for like years now, they used to give out these bios. They used to just give, they'd they'd be like, here are the 30 contestants. And it was Mm. a picture, age, name, where they're from, what they did. And I was like, how fun would it be to write an article where I just make fun of them for this, like, (laughs) no information. So I just basically like, basically like roast their face and their, where they live. And it it became just an article that was just about people from those places. Like, it's not even making fun of them. It's like, you know, a guy from Tampa who (laughs) works in real estate. So you just make fun of that. Whatever. And so then they started like, I, I was doing that. And then I guess like, the contestant releases became a thing while I'm doing that. And now they started interviewing these people. So now I have like material. So like, they'll be like, you know, so I'm writing it now because it takes legitimately 20 hours for me to write this fucking thing. And I, and I release it the Thursday before the season starts. So they'll be like, you know, like now I'm looking at like a guy who's like, yeah, I'm a, I, I, I love my job and I'm going on the bachelor. It's like, no, Nobody who goes on The Bachelor loves their job. Like you just like, that's just not a possibility. To me. Like, you, you're not like perfect life. Just got to fit this woman in. Like, it's like, no, that's not how it all works. So like now I get like more to make fun of, which is like so much fun. And and what's kind of gotten. So I do these previews and that'll come out. Th- when does this come out? Do we have a, a date? Uh, this will be out uh, within a week, within like a week oh. or two. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're on my Instagram, you'll see all these bios and I do it every season. And now that's turned into like TikTok, you know, taking the bio that I wrote, sharing it. to t- It's a whole thing, a, a marketing thing to get people to come to show. So, but I, I, I just, it's so like these guys that go on, like, I like, but I like the fodder of it. I like the mm-hmm. idea of like, you met a guy from San Diego who works in real estate but he call uh, he who calls himself a real estate investor, but then it's actually that he flips houses. So it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's an interesting thing from a dating perspective. Wouldn't you feel a little let down if the real estate investor investor was actually a house flipper? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is the fun of it. Do you, it's do pretty- you think that given your experience watching these shows and now like examining them under a microscope, do you think you would be a good contestant on The Bachelor? Do you think you'd make it far? I, I wouldn't be good. First of all, too fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, Disqualified. And not that I'm like an obese person, but again, when you have a white t-shirt against a black backdrop, it pops. When it's my, <laughs> when it's my body against the backdrop of like, Captain Rogers, you know, like uh, <laughs> Captain America, like all of the, I don't know if you've ever met a bachelor contestants, but they are like, uh, like unbelievable specimens. Like that, mm-hmm, everyone, yeah. like they are camera ready hot. So yeah, I would look a thousand pounds. And then also I would have to have comedian. Like I would, the, the idea that the, the bachelor is a fun show because it's not, it's been outed that not everyone there there is looking for love. So, mm-hmm. and everyone there is 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 looking for love and so like uh-huh. obviously I would go on and look for attention for my comedy career, my podcast. <laughs> so like I'd have to say Jared Fried, and then the lower third would say comedian. I could never be as funny as the title is comedian. I would be it, it just wouldn't work. Like I would look like the most unfunny asshole and they would look funny for making fun of me. So I'm like set up to fail. Like there was a guy his name was Jed and he was on the show and he's famous for getting all the way to the end and then he had a girlfriend that like wrote in like I'm he was with me until the day before he left, but he was a musician. And he's talking to Hannah B, who's the Bachelorette's dad. And he's like, you know, I got a dog food commercial jingle. And as a comedian, I'm like, dog food commercial jingle, that's a big job. Like, that's good money. It's reoccurring income. Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, good for Jed. People made fun of him so fucking much like it was like (laughs) dog food jingle you're like it was like it was such a misunderstanding of like how real people make money like not everyone's ariana grande there's someone that creates the jingle that pays their mortgage and they have a career in music like yeah Yeah. so that is another thing like where it'd be like so jared how's this comedy career going and i'd be like well i booked a gig in des moines and everyone's like des moines loser <laughs> like i'd be a loser but i but yeah. to, to any comedian they're like dude tough to get a gig in des moines you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like wow dude passive income stream nice job man i saw you on that like that i saw you on that dulcalax commercial nice job dude you're very believable right? too you're a good actor <laughs> Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Like that, that's the the scene in Funny People, or like I think in Funny People, they're in like this like weird Disney Channel show, and like they're making it, you know. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I think that's the problem. If you're a comedian going to the show, it's like uh, I I don't know if I could handle the Instagram comments of how unfunny I am. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what um. <clears throat> We talked to uh, Countess Countess Luann one time. Do you know yeah. Countess Luann? From, from, she's from been the, on my podcast. She gets she gets around the podcast scene. Yeah, yeah. she's she's great. And she said she is inter- great. Yeah, she said um, she basically we we talked to her about being on uh, being on our podcast, and she was like, "Yeah, she's like back in the day they had Sex in the City. Now they have The Bachelor, and they have us housewives. <laughs> or they had Desperate Housewives, and now they have The Bachelor and us housewives. And trust me." we're desperate but it is interesting that like (laughs) it's funny that like basically this show that is scripted television like there's almost not a place the place where sex and city used to be is the bachelor and desperate housewives like that's where or not desperate housewives um real housewives yeah that's like where the actual like love and dating conversation happens in re in reality and in, in the podcast world not in scripted television anymore there's not there's not even romantic comedies that are massive hits well, anymore. It's all about um, it's the uh, it's I'm looking for a word that I'm like fumbling on. It's the um, it's uh, like the, truth is stranger the, than fiction or like well, the risk. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a tight wire act like going on this show is a risk for embarrassment. Like look at last season, like, you know, Katie came out looking good uh, of the bachelor of the bachelor because 
but mm-hmm. she, but she had to wade through these waters of like you know uh race talk and uh, you know mm-hmm. you know women bullying each other and mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people came out of that season looking bad mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and not getting anything out of it and during a pandemic people went there with like okay maybe i go there i get my platform now i can like have a job that i get to be a personality and some people come out of that with nothing so they have to go home to their family and everyone's like so uh how was it you know, yeah, you didn't find yeah. love and you didn't get a platform. So it's like there's a tight wire act. That's why we watch Daredevils. Like, I think that like on a scripted show, you're like, we know that's acting. You have to get involved with the story on a reality show. You're like, these are real stakes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like our version of it's our version of like throwing people to the lions in the Coliseum. But we just totally. do it on television. And then and then the crazy thing is like. It's so easy now to look at people and just be like, what an idiot. But then if you meet sure. that person, you're like, oh, my gosh, you were my favorite. Like right. we had we we had talked to um, Michelle Collins, a comedian mm-hmm. stand up. And she had a thing when she was on The View where she made a comment. She made a joke about nurses and a whole thing went crazy and like all these nurses were like nurses stand together and like, (laughs) don't talk bad about nurses. They, you know, like they're the backbone. And like, it's true. Like I went to the doctor the other day, I had to get my blood taken. Like nurses can do things that I am not trained to do. And, but all, there was all this stuff uh, about like against Michelle and she like put out these apologies where she was like, I'm really sorry. It was just a joke. And then Kevin and I were talking to a couple girls that were nurses one night and we were like, yeah, like that was crazy. And they were like, yeah, I was really messed up what she said. And we were like, we're actually friends with Michelle. She did a show of us and they're like, oh my God, you know her. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing. You love her. And it's like, I feel like that's how we are about, that's how we are about reality television. And it's probably different. It's different with scripted because it's like, you know, that's not those people. Like once you get down to it, you know, it's high stakes for them, low stakes for us. Mm -hmm. You know, like we can talk shit and it's just, you know, we're talking shit about people. But then you go and for them, it's like devastating. Like it is interesting because I make fun of the show, but I'm also there as an interested party for the show. Mm -hmm. And like. It is interesting that I do, I never thought I could be good at this, but I do have to give myself credit because I get messages from people who try to joke with me and they're bad at it. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, they are genuinely sound mean and it, it's a very thin line between yeah. I'm joking with you and I'm laughing at you. Like I, I've become friendly with a lot of the former contestants because mm. they like what I do. Katie, who's the bachelorette, is someone who I have DM'd with many times Mm -hmm. and she's followed my live stream. So like, you know, it is interesting, you know, and like Bennett, who was uh, last season's like, kind of like, he just was the Harvard guy. And I basically made fun of him being a Harvard guy the whole season. And Mm -hmm. I gave him this voice that he didn't really have. And he was so cool about it, but like that, you know, it's, it's a hard line because people do, here's the other thing with dating and I've learned this from my podcast, like, like I find dating scenarios fun and interesting to talk about, but to some people, it's serious business. Mm-hmm. To some people, it's like, this is, this is like the most annoying, horrible thing in my life right now. And I can't figure it out, but I want it. And you have to respect that a little bit, but that's why people get like angry at the people on the show. Like the bachelor is crazy to me that there's a, there's a segment of fans that n- are not happy if someone is there and does like if a bachelor doesn't try to get married at the end yeah there's a segment of that audience that's like i need i need i need heads on stakes i need i need something to to feed me you know yeah yeah um i i want to ask you as as an expert of i don't want to use the word trashy reality because i don't (laughs) think it is but I think there's a spectrum in reality TV. There is like the Tila tequilas and like mm. the flavor of loves that were probably not as respected as The Bachelor. If you could name like one of the shows that you're familiar with that is on the bottom end of that spectrum where it's just like garbage and then and then like what is like the most respectable version of that show or, or is See, there a spectrum? Do you think there is one? I don't think there's a spectrum. I think they're okay. all like... I don't really think of it as garbage because mm-hmm. the people on there, like, 
you know, they're going through something. They yeah. want something to happen. I, I don't know. Like I, even when you see like, like if you take the, the month out, imagine taking a month out of your life with no phone. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you've invested in something, mm-hmm. you know, like you're trying to do something with your life that maybe it is find love. Maybe it is yeah. find a platform. Maybe it is. Uh, I just need to get away because life hit me in a way where this is an opportunity to change things up a bit. Like mm-hmm. I do respect the, uh, you know, taking time from your life. Sometimes they come back and back and back where you're like, okay, you graduated high school. You don't have to come back to the dances mm-hmm. anymore. You know, like, right. <laughs> you know, there, it gets a little exhausting, but I, you know, I, I like, like I watched the show Pimple Popper. You ever watch Pimple Popper? Is it Dr. Pimple Popper? The, <laughs> yeah, the Dr. Lady? Pimple Popper. I've never watched her show. I've seen her videos and they're like I can't do that. Yeah. She's gotten huge on YouTube and then it turned into a TLC show, I think. Oh my gosh. Uh, T- and she's basically popping pimples and <laughs> you can't look away from it because it is not the type of pimple you get. It's a oh. like a legit problem. And it's an infl- it's an inflamed sebaceous gland is what it is. It's she, <laughs> talk, she, she like explains that, I mean, what it shout is. Out to nurses. Yeah. She explains what yeah, it shout is. Out and to you're nurses. interested to see it. But really, you're there to see it come out of this body. Like you just need to see. And but, you know, it's it's easy to look at that show and go like to kind of laugh at it. But it is interesting because mm-hmm. what, what you come to find out is that these the the procedures she's doing are uh, inpatient. She's doing like you could walk in and get done in 15 minutes, but they cost money. Like insurance doesn't cover Mm -hmm. them. So you're like, this is actually like a sad look at our healthcare system that Mm. someone, because when they were eight, tried to pierce their own ears now has little like skin balls hanging off their ears. Mm -hmm. And then they come in and she cuts them off and, 10 minutes what it seems like 10 minutes and she's like you're good to go and the person's crying like mm. oh my god i lived 10 years with these balls hanging on my ear and it didn't have to be that way you're like oh my god like like you know some people are like pimple bar that's disgusting and then you go mm-hmm. no watch the show like this is actually like these are the most appreciative people in the entire world there this mm. is the best thing that's ever happened to them and it should make you a little bit angry that someone can't just get that th- ten minute procedure because it costs an extra five hundred dollars or whatever it costs. You know, it's a, it, it, so some of these shows, like I think our first glance, we go, ah, uh, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like, no, no, no. Look, look at how I remember there was one episode of Pebble Popper where she had an Uber driver that she was like, hey, um, I'd like to help you with something on your. Can you imagine you're driving Uber? And you got something on your face and you're like, you're just dealing with it that you're like, this is just how I live. And a woman's like, hey, I can help you. Like, you're like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what did you say to me? Like, uh, with what? <laughs> it's like a tip. I'm like, no, um, that thing on your face. And he's like, well, like how uh, mad you'd be at first and then how relieved you were yeah. to yeah. be like, oh, holy shit, I have a whole new life now. Yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. That's, yeah, I, I never thought about like the the little micro glances into those lives. And, like they, to I do a bit on stage, but they're the most positive people on TV because, uh-huh. um, you know, the it, it's things we take for granted. Like if I had something on my face that cost five hundred dollars to take off, I could do it, and that's mm-hmm. why I would be unappreciative. When I went in there, I'd be yelling at the person, get the fuck off right now. You know, like I'd be like the worst patient. And these people are genuinely the best patients. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, uh, well let's, we're going to be let's, talking uh, about old dogs and new yeah. dicks. Yep. And uh, yeah. and we're going to be talking about the, the persistent pimple of Carrie and Big's relationship <laughs> that keeps on coming back. Uh, but let's uh, let's go. Uh, We'll Katie will uh, talk about what's going to go down in the episode, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Sounds Let's good. Let's do it. Awesome. Episode 20, The Man, The Myth, The Viagra. A frustrated Carrie tries to get Big to make time to meet the girls. Miranda meets Steve Brady, a cute bartender who wants to be more than just a one-night stand. Samantha dates an incredibly wealthy man in his 70s with a sumptuous lifestyle and a pocket full of Viagra. And now, back to the boys. I don't know about All you right. guys, but I'm, I want to get recircumcised after that <laughs> episode. 
That was my first, my first thought watching was uh, one week, one week recovery Dude. for circumcision that there's no fucking way. How, how much did they I nail it, like... though, when he got turned on and immediately like started wincing in pain? Because, yeah. you, know, I mean, you know, his dick was just pr- pushing up against those khakis, just <laughs> feeling real, I real think, hurt. Yeah. I think Moses would disagree with the whole premise of this episode that him coming back after a week. <laughs> Moses would be like, yeah, that was uh, a whole, the rest of my life fucking sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you missed, missed the point. It is, it, it is funny that, uh, it is funny just Charlotte's entire storyline of like Judaism and circumcision. Like they're even when they yeah. don't mean to, they're they're circling around this this. They're laying all these Easter eggs that it's like no, she's definitely going to become Jewish at some point. Yeah, which she does. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, that whole of <laughs> the storylines like of the things that they're looking to change. You know, you're like, oh my god, like yeah. <laughs> I, wait, so on my podcast, uh, we got asked about circumcised and uncircumcised penises. And for whatever reason, like we take emails from listeners, give advice. Yeah. That turned into like a six month uncircumcised email chain. Like, we oh, got, interesting. like so many people writing in about that. It is a really because it is, I guess, to women, like a shocking thing. It's a shocking thing to me. Like I'm circumcised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I saw one, I was like, what is that? Like, yeah, I yeah. Have no idea. And then, but it was, it's just amazing the fodder that comes from it. If you bring it up to women, because my podcast, a lot, of, it's mostly women that listen. If you bring up uncircumcised penises, the emails just fucking fly in. Like, people really? are like what do they say? I saw one on Christmas, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel I like it's once, I saw once. W- once they backpack in Europe for one summer, then you get over. That's what I was going to say. That's the first <laughs> that, time. That's yeah. the first time it's, I saw one was in Europe at a hostel. Mm. And I was like, whoa, these two guys are not from where I'm from. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's not the, the language that's showing. Here. That. <laughs> what have they done? Dude, oh, yeah. I, have, I have a really embarrassing story about my wife. Uh, she went to the Robert Maplethorpe. Uh, f- photography exhibit mm-hmm. and like it's it just like super close up pictures of dicks and she it was like one of them was an uncircumcised penis and she was just like what what like what is that thing on there <laughs> person with her was like that's an uncircumcised penis and she's like oh oh that's uh, it's an funny. if you know you know type of deal yeah <laughs> you know? yeah is it wearing a sweater yeah well, um, th- this this we can we can get more more into that. We don't we basically only have three storylines to cover because Samantha has zero storyline in this. Well, there's the slight one. There is what the is one yeah. imitation is the highest form of flattery where the, yeah. the drag queen that she used to date yeah, is yeah, now yeah. going by Samantha, which I thought which, was an h- a hilarious concept that they could have gone deeper into, but um yeah, yeah. it's really funny. What did he do before he it's like basically he he had some other job before and he has kids and stuff. And like that, I thought about that the other night. I was like, oh, that's the new dicks part of it. Like mm. this guy's like same dick, but new body, new, new, like get up to go with his old dick. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I kind of think like it was such a, it was interesting to me that Samantha, this whole episode is the only voice of reason. And she's the only one that makes good points. She says, um there's a there's a part where she says like they talk about the uncircumcised penis she's like as long as it works well what are you worried about so Mm -hmm. and it's like if you think of it from like what would you rather would you rather bad sex the rest of your life or uncircumcised penis and every woman i would assume would say i would rather an uncircumcised penis i'd rather get off right the best sex you and samantha's kind of saying that and it's interesting to me that they kind of had I'm, I'm guessing the script writers were like, well, we have to show Samantha change isn't always good. Or, mm. you know, some people change and it's not great. And you're like, how socially backwards is that storyline now? Like, you mm. know, like yeah. this is supposed to be the most progressive show of its time. And we're, we have Samantha being like, he's dressed as a woman. My God. Like, <laughs> yeah. she would, like, I don't even think she would react that way. Like, I, I think I, she would, like, I think it would, it didn't, it, it like failed the character almost. To me. I totally, I totally yeah. agree. I, I was like, that's so interesting. That's like, it is so not in her character. Unless I wondered, I wonder whenever that happens, 
And when like it gets cut short, I'm, I wonder if they were at minute 33 and they cut a scene where they like, totally. you know, there's some resolution there. But I was like, that is that's definitely not within Samantha's yeah. reality. I, I think she would have rolled with it because I think it is a really funny concept as a woman. If you were dating a guy and then two years later you saw them and they were dressed in drag using your name. I think that's mm-hmm. just a funny. I mean, that this is a, a funny life. Rock, uh, this was a storyline on 30 Rock. Oh, they did that? Um, the blonde woman was dating a cross-dresser who was dressing as her. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Ah, that guy was it, dressing it as was, Jenna. Uh, the guy yeah. from SNL. Uh, the guy, uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm, I'm fucking up on all the names, but uh, it was played by the guy who was MacGruber. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Will Forte, and he, yeah, that's yeah. right, and he, and she, yeah, she like sees him out as that, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. But that's the thing. Like to me, I was like, it's more Samantha for her to go, wow, I could l- let's go home together, like mm-hmm. now with this mm-hmm. new kink or whatever it could be for me. Like that, yeah. that would mm-hmm. be more honest to Samantha's 100%, 100%. character. But it was interesting that they kind of tried to like take the rug out from Samantha. Who was so reasonable at every discussion they had? She's like, she she had one to pull the wrong thread. You know, Carrie's talking about changing big. And she says, You can't change a man too much. You pull the wrong thread, it undoes the whole sweater. And you're like, You're right, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how much can you change someone? Like, how much, like, and it, it, it is to the the theme of the episode to me was something like, like, and it happens a lot with dating stuff that we talk about on the podcast, where it's like, you're at a negotiation table with the person you're seeing, mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to get up from the negotiation table to truly be happy. Mm. And Samantha, uh, Samantha's advice is always from the perspective of you'll find a new guy who will be better off for you. Mm-hmm. And Carrie's perspective is I've already done this much with big. I got and Carrie never would ever get up from the negotiation table with big. Mm-hmm. Like Which, and it's pro- yeah. proven in this episode. Like yeah. her whole discussion with him about the cigar in the restaurant, Big acts like a total piece of shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he, he like Completely. the person asked him to, to put out his cigar, and he's like, he does this whole like supposedly charming dance around the uh, around the restaurant, asking me, well. There was nothing charming about that to me. No. I was like, I know. this is a, no. this it was is a so jerk. Cringy. Like, I loved yeah. it. He's showing you who he is. Yeah, Even totally. though all the people it. I loved it that when he went up started to. clapping. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure all the people that were around there were just like, uh, what, what is this guy? Like, what am I going to do? Like, no, this is annoying. Like, at that point, you just don't want to be the uncomfortable person that's like the downer. But everybody, I'm sure. And, and then he's like, gets one round of drinks. Like, yeah, like I, it's I can like, buy my own drinks and not smell like shit. Exactly. Man. That's you know, off, like, that's also why I think sometimes Carrie is like an unreliable narrator. I think like mm. we're seeing big big sometimes through her perception because mm-hmm. like we if if we were ever in a restaurant and someone did that, I'd be like, this is the biggest douchebag in the restaurant by far. Yes. But for her perception, she's charmed by that and like kind of like into it and like it builds this character of who he is. So I don't know. It's just it's just interesting how. But the- <sighs> Go, sorry, I know oh, it was just, it's just interesting because we we've had several of our listeners like who are a, a generation older than us mm-hmm. being like you guys don't understand back then that's like what this kind of behavior is what was really attractive we were women <laughs> watching the show from Iowa being like that is the man that we want but that's now like we New look York at man. it like I so get cringy. why someone would be attracted okay. I just I just think if Carrie's goal is like I. Her being attracted to that and not attracted to that is a different conversation mm-hmm. than should I change my man? Mm-hmm. And Carrie, like Carrie's strategy to change big is to keep going along with his douchery mm-hmm. as opposed to, hey, I'm leaving the restaurant now. I have to go. And and <clears throat> she even blames it on the cigar and checking out women. And it's not about that. It's about, Mm. are you committed to me? And will you make sacrifices to actually date me? And it's like, and it's, it's, and through Carrie, like you're right. It's unreliable. It's unreliable because you're like someone out there is like, well, Carrie would have, you know, stuck with big and finally he changed around. He didn't change around. He spent one night over. Like right. that's one night. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. it's like in which she and changed then, her sheets the next morning because they reeked of cigars. <laughs> exactly. Like if someone smoked a cigar in my bed, 
I would be like, we're done, and I'm ne- <laughs> never fucking talking to you again. Get the fuck out of here. And yeah. here's a dry cleaning bill. <laughs> but yeah, but Carrie just will never. Carrie is the person at the casino table who doesn't know how to leave. Like, who's like, I'm down $50. I just have to get back to 100 yeah. yes. so that I'm even. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, take your 50 that you still have and leave because you're yes. going to go down to zero. It's like, it's a it's a big investment thing. I used to sell life insurance and I, I, I we deal in investments where it's like, when someone's like, I've lost on a stock, you know, 50%. I just gonna get it back to even. No, 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 no. That you Some have to get one hundred and fifty percent returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know when you lose fifty percent, you need one hundred fifty percent or whatever the number is. I'm, I, I must be, I might be getting that wrong to get back. And yeah. that's what a lot of these people on this show don't really deal in. Like Carrie has to get one hundred and fifty percent returns to get big, to even, to feeling good. Right. Well, I, what one thing I find interesting about this particular episode is because it's like a harbinger for the new series because Mm. they basically rehash this dynamic all the way through season the first movie and then the second the second movie the same thing happens where he wants to stay in she wants to go out and then she like throws a fit and then and then cheats on him in the second movie and they're going to be at this. That's like where the source of the character tension happens, like in the television show. But now there's this new TV show happening. And I'm like, I've got like a little bit obsessed with wondering. I'm like, what are they going to do with their character? Because they've basically done the it's season two and they've been doing this since season one. And I don't know how they're going to bring anything new to this this relationship that's not just this that's like she's perpetually dissatisfied and he's perpetually like can i just fucking live my life like i could be banging these other models and smoking (laughs) cigars but he doesn't leave the table either he's he sticks with her but he gets everything he wants all the time yeah i don't think there's ever you know be one night out of the place he you know and then he gets to do the rest of the year at his place like big never really makes any concessions and yeah what you're talking about with the new reboot, like to me, I mean, it is so funny to me that mm-hmm. they're trusting um, like the idea of like, give us sex and the city in 2021. And we're trusting this show to show <laughs> it to us. Like yeah. they, the least <laughs> equipped show on the face of the planet. Like this is. This show, and I understand at the time it was progressive, but it is so not progressive now and is so kind of different in the, like, I don't know if it, I hope they find new writers. I, I just don't think that this is, you know, it's, yeah. to get the, the, like, it's like Carrie's going to tell us about, you know, sex in the city in 20, it just doesn't make sense. Well, to- I mean, you were talking about, like how that's what's compelling about reality shows is like the fun mm. that, that it's a high wire act. And I was like, I think just the speculation on how they're going to, what stories they are going to do, how they're going to tell them yeah. from what perspective is truly a high wire act of like, Oh yeah. What are you going to do? Cause it's like the, the amount of things now, like there's always articles that it's like the diversity and the the like this didn't age well like the this didn't age well with sex and sure. city is like all the time and i i think it's and, they're and gonna have on, their hands the char- full the character that ages the best isn't even doing the show yeah exactly <laughs> Samantha exactly. is gone and she just looks like every one of her lines i like kept writing down her lines it's like you're like uh like and you're just like oh my god samantha like is a truth teller on this yeah. show that yeah, yeah, totally. maybe people don't want to hear from. And she get like kind of, you know, this happens to men all the time when you tell the truth. Oh, well, you're just a dog. You're just a guy. Mm. You're just a, you're just trying to have sex. And it's like, well, Samantha's like speaking in a lot of those male terms that are, you know, very, you know, hit close to home for me. Yeah. yeah. What, what are just, some of the notes? What are some of the you. notes you have? Go through I some had, of the notes. And w- I, I love that you took notes. We got to well, make use of these. Miranda, Steve's work schedule was his only issue. I love that that's his only issue. (laughs) Steve, and then Steve's only issue is the work schedule. No, like, I know he's a nice guy. Like, Miranda's story is like, nice guy, not your match. 
Like, yeah. I don't know why mm. Miranda holds on to Steve at every turn. She seems so unhappy, so uncomfortable. Yeah. And it, for what? The 10 minutes of like, I get to be with this guy who's a little bit looser than me. And it's like, <laughs> you can find that in other ways from another man. It, again, Miranda will never get up from the negotiation table. Um, mm. She also. Do you think that's an important thing in, in a relationship is getting up from the negotiation table? Yeah, I think that's what makes it sexy. I think that's what makes it hot. I think it also it's like what makes like people chase after one another. Like mm-hmm. I and again, I'm not saying to like I'm not saying that you should be playing this game of fucking with someone. Like I'm just saying like you got to own your standards. Like mm-hmm. and you have to figure out which standard matters more to you than the others. I do think it's nice that Miranda's like, "You know what? I can you know, let me get the wine out. It's a little bit late, but I got to be up early." But then you got to go, "What did Steve do?" Yeah. You know, Steve is like, "Look at the moon." Like, 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 he did a sweet gesture of calling you from a payphone. Like, he doesn't make any money. Um, he never seems to like get dressed up. He can take a night off from the bar. Like, what's going on here? Like, a lot of this is like, a lot of these relationships, Big and Miranda, especially in this episode, you're like, these are two people who want life to move on. And they're dealing with people who want life to stay still. Mm. And then they put their and they never say that. Instead, they blame it on other things. Miranda blames it on our schedules are different. Uh, Carrie blames it on he never sleeps at my place and he checks out women. It's like Carrie wouldn't care if he checked out a woman while she had a ring on her finger. I I don't believe that. Like, Mm. because. Men check out women, and, and Samantha says that men check check out women yeah. just as much as they fart. Like it's as male as farting, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, like I was at a I was at the club at the uh, cellar the other night where, and it was like, it was four men just sitting around the table, and someone came up to the table and was like, "Oh, there's the hottest group of women came here," and then one by one we all got up, <laughs> like, kind of like walked over, took a look. And then came back and we're like, yep. That is in fact correct. Checking out women and and crop dusting. It's the same, it's the same flight pattern. Exactly. And like there were married men, there were gay men at this table, there were uh, single men, and all of us did the same kind of and again, someone could look at this and be like, that's creepy, but it's just this is kind of a thing that happened. And again, I'm not apologizing for creepiness or I'm also not saying that this can't turn into danger because that is always at every turn when, you know, men are being gross. But if we live in the kind of like simplistic view of like four men just going over, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I just we, wanted to see the painting, the beautiful painting that I heard about, you know, we <laughs> asked this question to our Instagram followers. We said, uh, we took a poll boyfriends checking out other women issue or non issue. 61% um so over around 700 people said it is an issue 39 percent said non-issue see um, i like i'm a, i'm someone who looks at everyone you know like that's another thing like i look at everyone and i think it's like kind of hot to discuss it with your partner did you see it, like if my partner was like she's sexy and i was like Oh shit, you're right. Like that's like a fun, trusted conversation that you have with someone that you're like enjoying. Totally. And it goes she both ways. About a, it, what's yeah. that? It goes both ways. Cause if she if Absolutely. you were like, look at that guy, he's jacked. Like and she, she I just like, yeah. yeah, I just like that my partner can appreciate beauty. Like mm-hmm. like it's like that mm. like I, I think there's something like genuinely hot about that. Like uh, you know, so I it it is the whole thing is just kind of interesting that like I, I don't want to look, you know, that's a symptom, not a. Yeah. You know, well, that, that's when that's you, where I think you're correct that if she had the ring on the finger or even like if she was comfortable in what their relationship is and their commitment, because when he looks, she's she's not just like, oh, you think she's hot. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to hear from you again tomorrow. And you're going to be back back on. And and maybe that's maybe that's what she needs to just say and like you're saying get up from the negotiation table be like you don't seem like you're into being in a relationship right now and then just going home well that's the most honest part of this episode they never really say it and maybe that was their goal is these are the feelings of someone who gets back with an ex Mm -hmm. you know like because that that is the beginning is in the beginning she goes i'm back with big 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, back with Big. And there are things I don't like. And it's like, at no point do they say, I'm back with Big and I'm insecure that, like, we're going to keep on this cycle of together, great, bad breakup. Together, mm-hmm. great, bad breakup. And I don't know, maybe that was their goal. But, like, if you think of, like, the episode as a whole, like, that is what we're dealing with, the insecurities of getting back with an ex, male or female. It's also interesting that Carrie can get frustrated at Big for checking out women, but I think either an episode ahead or an episode behind, she drunkenly makes out with a guy, and it's completely <laughs> fine for her to do that yeah, after Carrie. a party. Yeah, like, and she says, she's here. like, until, because then he says, I love you, right? With, yeah, yeah he says, I love-, I love you at the end of the episode, and the guy, they're on the phone, and the guy is in her bedroom the next morning. After and she doesn't know, she doesn't remember if they've slept together or not. And Big says, I love you. Yeah. And she's like, anything's on the table until they say, I I love you, you, except for checking out a girl at a flower stand. That's that's exactly off the table. Well, the other thing about this episode is that they they don't like. And this happens a lot with like people that write into the podcast. They, They become like relationship detectives. And they try to look for things to mean something more. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Carrie's like the queen of that where she's like, well, he did this. So that means things are good. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's just like a not a great way to go through a relationship. Like if you're if you're sitting there not expressing your standards and when you're upset and she does at a certain point. But there's a very interesting part where the guy that Charlotte is with is like she goes uh charlotte's guy is like i'm gonna get the circumcision but if you listen to his conversation with her he says to her you're not the only woman that's had an issue with this Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i've had this my whole life women get shocked by the uncircumcised penis Mm -hmm. and then carrie comes in with the voiceover and she says some men can't uh can budge an inch for uh for for their girl and it's like not that's not what he said carrie he said a lot of women have issues with that. That means he's thinking of all the women he wants to be with. It's a foreshadow. Yeah. Because yeah. The, yeah. at the end of the episode, he says, I, I got to take this out for a so, spin. I want to yeah. see how other women act with it. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't say you had an issue with it. I'm doing this for you. He right. did say, I, I, I saw you had an issue with it. Lots of people have issues with it. I'm going to make a change. And then Carrie's like, see, look at him. And that's That's Carrie a great being, observation. That's a very good observation. Really smart like, observation. Well, look at this. He must be serious about you. He's willing to cut his skin for you. And it's like, no, 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 Carrie. <laughs> you know, like he's willing to do that for all the women that he's been seeing. And then <laughs> look at the end of the episode. He's like, I got to go see a that's bunch a, of women. That's another part where I think Samantha would have sniffed that out. I think Samantha would have been like, he wants to just go fuck everyone. That's yeah. why he's doing it. Totally. I would love to see the Sex in the City reboot where just Samantha's the narrator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, my yeah. gosh. Like, that would hey, be amazing. What if that was it? Because she was like, I just don't like being on set. But if I can just if I can just go in like it's an animated movie in my PJs and just do, <laughs> yeah. do the voiceover. That's a it's a that is a show that we're all looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um well, what what are some more what are some more Miranda Steve? I mean, basically, I don't know if you know this, but they they're they end up getting married mm. and they end up I mean, they kind of work out the schedule thing. That's like just a thing that they have to accept. But I do I do think like lots of different schedules and people can be together. But I do feel like in movies and stuff it's more like magical to be like the bartender and the lawyer but it's like there's a reason why you never see that in real life you know it's the rarely i'm sorry rarely it's the hardest part of relationships it's measuring the practical versus the romantic Mm -hmm. the sad part is most good relationships are more practical than romantic Mm -hmm. they have bits of romance with a lot of practicality so it's like you know it's working out how to you know, when do we make the date night to make sure we get the romantic? That's not, very, you know, making a date night is actually the most least romantic thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like planning out the night that you're going to be intimate. Like, it's like, no. Totally. But when you're on it, it can be romantic. So you need to get a lot of practicality to get to your romance. I, I like, you look at uh, Steve and Miranda, you're like, this is all romance, no practicality. Like, yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem like she even, like, I mean... 
how does she not say to him, where are you calling me from? <laughs> when he calls about the moon. <laughs> I thought he was like downstairs. Like I thought it That's was what like, I thought. and I thought he would, when he was said, look out the window, I thought it was going to be like, he's on the corner. And I was I like, I don't know how this going to, and I was like, I don't know how this, I don't know what that would change. It's maybe even creepier to be like, look out the window. I'm yeah. downstairs, but it's, but you're right. It's like, it's a blue right. moon. It's, like, it's really rare. Yeah. It's a blue moon. It's rare. And it's like, where are you? And he's like, oh, you know, 22 blocks away. It's like, who cares? Like you're all, you're both in Manhattan. You're yeah, close. Like, well, it's, it's also like, when are you, when am I seeing you again? It's I, true. Like, do you not have a cell phone yet? What's going on with you? <laughs> Just like, Hey, how about you hire an extra bartender instead of looking yeah. at the fucking lunar cycle? Well, there is a yeah. thing where you, I, I, I worked an overnight job for two years and was in a relationship and like, it was hard, but we did figure it out. And like, I think this would probably be different. This would probably be different if they both had Google calendars, except Steve's probably still on an AOL account at this point. And he's just like, Oh, I don't have that yet. And I can't figure it out. But like, there's a, there's a thing where, yeah, people need to their lives. He, he gets really pissy with her about some things. And he's just like, wow, it's about this, isn't it? And it's like, no, dude, she has to get up and run a law firm. Yeah. It's 7 a.m. tomorrow. Like, yeah, it, to be want, honest, she's probably waking sets. up. Yeah, she's probably waking up kind of late for a lawyer. She should probably be up at like 530 tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I nowhere in this episode does Steve make any concessions no and it's all because he's too poor to do them like is that the assumption like you know like there's people that like you know like there's if you go on a date and you can't afford to go to the date you're just hoping someone the other person's gonna pay like you're not really getting to know that person mm. like you mm. know, yeah like, that's really like, interesting and, and it's just i the steve thing because i i know it from the movie like, there's no part in that movie, the first one, that you're like, man, Steve and Miranda. Like, and like, you, you, I just don't see it. And you're yeah. like, and again, this gets into like class stuff. It gets mm -hmm. into like, and, and it's like an uncomfortable conversation, like that people don't want to go, yeah, this shouldn't, this isn't yeah. going to work. Mm -hmm. In most Why? cases, it can work. It just, this isn't the way it does. And doesn't they seem deal like, with well, that in this season. They have the, an episode called yeah, the, the Cast System about mm, dating within yeah. your social class. Well, what do you, why do you think then, Jared, that women that like the show like Steve? There's so many women that say Steve's the best guy because he's a nice guy. Like, mm. I, I mean, like, he does all the, he he says all the right things. Mm -hmm. He he also seems to need Miranda. Yeah. Like, you know, there's an element of that. Mm. Like, I. I. I think like, uh, you know, there was another thing. Um, there's another thing where it's like a lot of men are and this isn't this is why, like, I think I was once told that men deal with the one that got away way more than women. Mm -hmm. Like the one that escaped them because men are willing to kind of give up on relationships before even working on them. Um, and that's a bad thing in its own right. You know, you think like, how sad is that? Like, someone lives their whole, the rest of their life knowing that they, the one that they should have been with, just they let them go. Yeah. But then there's another side of that where it's like trying to make a square peg fit through a round hole. And that's what this whole episode's all about where it's like, there's a lot of people that are like, uh, I, I, I got the, this car got me here. I don't even want to see what the other cars could be because mm -hmm. I, I just know that this is a reliable car. And that's, I think like Steve kind of presents that reliable car of like mm -hmm. emotional, like support because he's always sweet. Like there's never a Steve scene where you're like, fuck this dude. You know yeah. like Yeah. There's always a big scene like that. And yeah. they even in this episode, they lay on the cutesiness of he's always just like, even in the like, th that would be annoying after a while that it's like in the morning, he's like, ba -doo -ba -doo -ba -doo. she's like, yeah, I don't <laughs> like I have shit to do. Like, right. Yeah. You're not going to get you're not going to pull a fast one because of the, your silly voice. I have to go yeah. to work. Steve seems like he would go down on a woman for seven days. Like, just, <laughs> like <laughs> you would never ask, you know, yeah. oh, how are we doing up there? You know, yeah. you would never come across as dead. No, I like, want to. 
<laughs> yeah, I want to. I like seven days of yeah. never, you know, stopping with my tongue. Movement. Yeah, we we asked our Instagram followers if it's possible for people to uh, work a relationship to work on different schedules. Sixty four percent said yes, and thirty six percent said no. Um, I mean, so. it's possible. But, you know, someone I mean, like I, I work at night, I, I had issues in my relationship that I I was just in with like, hey, you know, we got to make time for each other. And, you know, it's also like you have to have an agreement on what is good time together, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes when you're someone who works at night and Corey, you probably know this, like working overnight, as you said, like you know, where you go, well, let's go hang with my friends. And that might not count to the other person. Right. Yeah. As time together, like where it's like, no, we need you and me together. That only counts. Yeah. Friend stuff. You know, that's, that's like a, you know, like a half account, you know, so, and so to some people going out with the friends and being with your significant other, that, that is all that they're looking, you know, just they're looking for And to other people. It's like, no, I need the one-on-one. It's gotta be just us. And, and that's just two philosophies. Right. Well, what, what was that like? Like, did you find like day dates or was it like, I'll take one night off for date night or like, was that is that I'm not difficult? Good at that. I, I I was I, I was never really good at that. I I probably that's probably something I wish I was better at doing. And I yeah. you know trying to be you know in the future, but like you know especially in a in a job where it feels like you can work twenty four hours a day. Yeah, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's never there's never like the whistle that's like and shift's done. Yeah, you know, yeah. like so. And that takes, you know, more confidence and being more believing in yourself. Like you have to believe in yourself enough to take time off. Yeah. And, some, yeah. you know, that's a hard, very hard thing. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of it just comes down to it comes down to communication. And I think the thing you're saying about like the the negotiation table, like there's something that can sound really really like hard nosed about that. But I think a lot of it Mm. is like the Samantha thing of just being honest to say, this is what I want. And like, I don't want to get up and walk away from this, but like, let's figure out what your good time is. And then we'll see if we can work that and what that means. Mm -hmm. And I think through working through those things, if you're honest, you actually, I mean, we, we always talk about this. It's like, you actually are open and don't waste someone's time. And if you find out in two dates, that it's not going to work. Like you both saved each other a lot of good time and heartache. Yeah. And then totally. you might actually be able to be friends. If you actually mm-hmm. like the person you're like, look, this is not going to work out romantically, but like we could be friends or like, we don't need to be friends because we both have enough friends. Let's like move on with our well, lives. People get afraid of the friends thing because then there are people that use that to their advantage. They go, well, now that I've established that we're not the right one, we hook up, you know, like, yeah. like yeah. and then you can blame it on. I told you like that happens. A lot of men do that where they're yeah. like, mm. you know, they establish, hey, I don't think we're the right match. But and then but I'm open to like you seem cool. Let's be friends. And then two weeks later, you know, two weeks later, they're <laughs> like, oh, we we fucked up, you know, back. And then the other person's left going, well, what are we missing here? If we're yeah, friends yeah. and you still want to. fuck, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then totally. isn't that a relationship? You know, like, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. right. They're not. Wrong. They're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I think we uh, we've run out of time here, but I I can't thank you enough for coming on, on yeah. the show. You you have incredible insights, and you can <laughs> tell that pleasure. you're extremely well versed in examining and exploring relationships. Where can uh, listeners find you and, and, uh, and learn more about you? Instagram at Jared Freed. I put everything on there. I'm, I never shut the fuck up on there. I got podcasts, um, the J Train podcast. Mm-hmm. The, the the relationship one's called You Up. Uh, it's the You Up podcast, and I do that with Betches, if uh, the, the media company, and we partner on that show. And um, if you're into the Bachelor, I do the Bachelor podcast, and that's with Betches as well. And then I yell at The Bachelor every Monday night. I think it's starting on a Monday. I hope it's Mondays um, on my Instagram. So if you follow and, you know, tune in Mondays during commercials, um, all I ask is that you share it with someone, share a story that you thought was funny. And that's really that's the payment to 
having a fun person yelling at you during commercial <laughs> breaks. But yeah, at Jared Freed and just all that stuff. And I'm doing shows and stuff. If anyone is in Tacoma, any, I'll be any, Tacoma. <laughs> Um, but I got shows, jaredfree.com, but I, uh, d- but definitely at jaredfree on Instagram, but thank you guys. This was such a fun time. Thank you. Dude, so, thank, so thank you so much. And, uh, and yeah, we're, uh, we're excited for, uh, uh, I don't know. This kind of inspired me to get into the bachelor now. I've never, I know. I've, I've, never, know. I've never seen I, it. We should watch take it. a, take a, take a walk in my shoes. You can watch through me and yeah. I, I have inspired like the, the, the really nice part is. I've had women who started watching it and they're like, they're like, you get my boyfriend involved, which is like very cool to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, because like, I, I think it's just taking that little knob in your brain and clicking it into a different perspective where yes, it's a stupid show. 30 people for one person. That's a stupid show. Mm -hmm. But there are moments to be really, you know, sink your teeth into just like the way we did this show. Just the way we did this episode. Yep. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please uh, check us out uh, wherever you get uh, podcasts. Give us a, 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 a rating on iTunes, Five Cosmos. And uh, as always, later taters. Later Bye. taters. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.